Hello and welcome to the Virtually Confident Podcast with me, Esther Stanhope, the impact guru. And this is where you are going to find out how to ooze confidence, how to banish imposter syndrome. And I've been speaking to the most amazing people on this podcast series that are going to be giving you tips. You're going to take away how to walk in the room or how to own the Zoom even. How do you get that confidence? And is it possible if you feel like you're an unconfident person, is it possible to gain confidence and to build confidence when you feel really, really unconfident inside? And can you fake it till you make it? That's what we're going to be talking about. And today, my special guest, my goodness, she is the CEO and the founder of Dial Global, which stands for Diversity, Inclusion, Aspirational Leaders. Um, and she'll be filling us in on all that in a moment. She's also a thought leader herself, a presenter, the most amazing person I've ever met. And she's so fabulous, darling. It is Layla Mackenzie Dellis. Layla, thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Thank you so much, Esther. This is the audience. <laughs> Yay. So, Layla, thank you. Yes, go on. We, we met the other week, didn't we? <laughs> yes, yes, we, 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 we met the other week. But I have to say, every time I see slash hear you, it brings a huge, great smile to my face because you are absolutely <laughs> the impact guru. And it was a pleasure to have you on the show uh, just the other week. I mean, who knows which week or what day it is anymore, frankly, I have got no idea, but you are just full of vivacious energy and it's infectious. I absolutely bloody love it. <laughs> Well, before we dive into Dial Global, which is amazing about um, diversity and inclusion and about helping people to get their voices heard, which is what I spend most of my life doing too. We were just having a chat a moment ago. We're, we're still, we're about to enter the next normal. Are we in the next normal, which is post-COVID. We're still working from home. People are using cameras. So um, how is it for you? How are you finding the whole remote working and call after call and, and working with cameras and, and microphones. I mean, you're a pro because you're, you're a presenter, but how are you finding it? <sighs> My goodness. Well, the very, very honest answer is it is absolutely exhausting. <laughs> it is exhausting and it is relentless. However, you do it because you love it and you love the person who is on the other side of the screen or on the other side of the phone. Because genuinely, making a difference to the wider world of business and society, especially during these incredibly challenging times, is what keeps you going and keeps you getting out of bed every single day to go to work and to go and truly make a difference. And I've got to say, when we first went into lockdown in 2020, I feel like that's ancient history now. Um, I wasn't very confident being virtual, like changing. I, I pivoted, 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 pivot, pivot, pivot. I pivoted my business, <laughs> right? Um, and I, I really wasn't confident at all. And I know I've been at my background's broadcasting and I talk about being at the BBC and as a producer, helping people to be brilliant on camera and on microphone. And I've always had an okay voice. I've done quite a lot of radio. However, 
I really was not very confident in front of the camera and the microphone. And I felt quite exposed and quite uncomfortable. And I've really, really thrown myself um, into it just by doing it again and again. Um, and so that's how I've got my confidence. But I'm not always confident every day you know so I'd love to find out from you about let's talk about confidence because now you're in the position where you've set up Dial Global and you are getting your voice heard and you're being seen and heard on lots of different platforms but have you always been this confident how have you got your confidence well, that's a great question, Esther. Thank you so much for, for asking it. And like you, which is what I loved about our podcast just the other week, is that you haven't necessarily always felt that. And I think, honestly, the vast majority of people, especially those in positions of power, have a huge amount of imposter syndrome. They're just better at hiding it than others are. <laughs> I remember being at school and having to do a presentation in front of the class. And I remember sitting there and literally sweating, panicking, thinking, oh my God, I've got to get up in front of this class very, very soon and present this idea. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. My name was called. I trotted up to the front and literally no words came out of my mouth and then tears started to stream out of my eyes and I burst into tears and I remember after that a lot of the cool kids in school coming up to me and saying oh I heard about the English lesson ha 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 wasn't that funny and Ever since then, and the years that followed, I thought, I can't public speak. I can't public speak. My worst fear is public speaking. I can <laughs> never, ever do this again. But you start to learn, don't you? You know, you start to learn. And I think when you find your true passion, which I know probably sounds terribly twee uh, right now, but when you find your true passion and you find your calling in life and you find something that makes your heart sing and your reason for existence almost, the nerves start to go away because you're talking about something that you are passionate about and you're listening a lot of the time to other people's stories and trying to bring them out of themselves, maybe out of themselves is the wrong way to say it, but trying to bring Encourage out their them, best yeah. self. Exactly, exactly. And so you kind of forget about yourself because really it is about you, but it's not about you at the same time. This is about the passion for the subject or the passion to learn more about the people, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And let's, let's, let's put that one down as a tip, actually. A really first tip of the day is once you realize that what you're talking about and your mission and your passion is more important than your inhibitions, that's when the fear starts going away. I love that story about when you're at school. Well, you poor thing. I feel so sorry for you because I had exactly the same kind of experience. But I just suddenly remembered it popped in my head when you were talking. I remember when I was, I must have been 
five or six, and this is before my awful freeze brain moment when I couldn't speak in front of, I couldn't read aloud in front of the class. I had to play Mary, as in Mary and Joseph. And I remember the line, open wide the stable door, let them come in. All the little children have come to see our king, right? (laughs) Because I had to remember it. I'm so bad at remembering lines because I'm semi-dyslexic. My brain doesn't really retain lines. And and as a, you know, I wrote my book, Goodbye Glossophobia, which is Goodbye Fear of Public Speaking. And and all over my book, I say, don't remember each word, you know. Yes, but I remembered that one sentence, open wide the stable door, because I had to say it probably 200 times to get it in my brain. And the only way I could um, remember the line was by repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. And it's still in my brain now, you know, 42 years later, <laughs> I still got that, 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 that line in my brain. Um, but the, you know what's so extraordinary about you? You've got a very interesting story um, about, you know, how you felt at school, how you were brought up. And then you've got a very interesting um, story and why you feel so passionate about what you do, about Dial Global. So tell us a little bit about what really made you so passionate about diversity and inclusion. Well, I think for me, it's incredibly personal. And I've perhaps told you a little bit about my my story. And I, I was adopted in Hong Kong uh, when I was 10 months old. My mum and dad, who are incredible absolutely incredible best people on the planet as far as I'm concerned adopted me and my baby brother when Hong Kong was a British colony and they they'd gone over to Hong Kong mum worked for the NHS dad worked for an entrepreneur called Mr Mock um and they (laughs) oh yes Mr Mock you know Mr Mock um (laughs) and uh we heard some great stories about Mr Mock actually my dad would love to tell you sometime but um we uh, we went over to to well mum and dad went over to Hong Kong we uh, we came to Yorkshire actually and grew up uh, really in a, a kind of a very middle class kind of white British town we were the only Chinese children in the school uh, like you I am um, a bit dyslexic as well stuff with mental health and anxiety, um, possibly as many of the population do in the world, uh, actually, given the the COVID uh, environment and situation that we're living in uh, at present. Um, but I guess, you know, through through that small example, oh, and then also the fact that I then married a uh, amazing, um, amazing Greek-American called Costa, and uh, he lived in China for over 10 years. Um, and so the running joke in our family is that, uh, you know, if we go into a Chinese restaurant and they speak to me and my brother in uh, in Chinese or Cantonese or Mandarin, frankly, I dare say, I can't tell which one is which. Um, he'll be the one who responds back in fluent Mandarin. <laughs> we, and you answer we in say, Greek. Yes, yes, I answer in Greek. But yes, it's a very, we're very, very multicultural cultural family. And so um, I, I, I guess for me, diversity, inclusion, belonging, equity is something which is incredibly personal to me. Um, it's incredibly personal. I tried to get a, a job as, as many of uh, many other individuals did, you know, straight out of university, uh, couldn't get a job at any of the corporate organizations. I applied to, to 
pretty much um, as many as the milk round back in the day would let me and not one of them would give me an opportunity despite having got a first class honours degree um, in business and management studies and the highest mark in my graduating year. And I think that hit me uh, pretty hard in terms of confidence. Um, and, and so I suppose what I do these days is is very much work with boardrooms, work with your FTSE or Fortune org organizations to really advance diversity, inclusion, belonging, equity within the wider context of both business and society because it is so incredibly important. It makes me ask the question, why, why do we not see diversity within that boardroom context. And when I say diversity, um, just in case of, of any confusion, I simply mean difference. I mean difference. Diversity compensates so many different rich facets, not just gender, not just race and ethnicity, uh, not just sexual orientation, but disability, age and generation, parenthood, mental health, socioeconomic status, nationality, religion, or belief systems, the list goes on. For me, I am passionate about this agenda because I truly believe that seeing difference within organizations, not only at the top, in the boardroom environment, but beyond that, throughout organizations, throughout wider society, having a richness of diversity really does breed greater innovation, greater success, happiness. It is the right thing to do. But not only is it the right thing to do, it is a business imperative and it makes absolute critical business sense. There are so many studies that have been done, so many uh, studies, everything from the work that we've done at the Mackenzie Dellis Foundation around supporting diversity, inclusion, belonging, equity research through to um, you know, the likes of Stonewall, the Center for Aging Better, um, the Business Disability Forum, Mind as the charity, to name but a few. Seeing and hearing and feeling and seeing representation across all walks of life is not only great for humanity, but it also is great for corporate organizations when it comes to business and their strategic objectives. And um, I know I'm going off on a real, real long No, this is fine. Here, I mean, so apologies. ultimately, that, but this is great because this is your passion. And also, I mean, I've been reading this book um, by Jill Ritchie Collins called Why Men Win, Win at Work, which is a similar, I'm putting it on the, on the camera, even though you can't see the camera because this is a podcast. I'm holding it up. It's purple. And Jill, Jill was a, one of my podcast guests, but she is it's it's mainly a, this is about gender and diversity and it's all part of under the same umbrella but she's got a thousand reasons including monetary reasons commercial reasons you know 15 percent better profits for a more diverse boardroom that's your passion but the, the reason why we got onto your passion was because we're talking about what makes you what makes you confident what makes you tick what makes you speak what makes you get in front of the camera so what I would really love to know is you've probably got tips for organizations in terms of giving and empowering people from um, 
different backgrounds or a different gender or a different culture. So, so a couple of tips for organizations. And then I'm going to ask you your tips for us, us weirdos, us misfits, us oddities, you know, because I feel like I'm weird misfit and I'm a, I'm a, middle class you know you could look at me and say you're a middle class white female from London you lucky girl you know but actually I feel like I'm totally I'm mad I'm not crazy I'll help you know I don't feel normal um <laughs> help me Layla <laughs> but, but so first what of all what is normal right? there's no such thing exactly yeah, so, exactly so and... first of all your tips then first of all a couple of tips because because it sounds like you advise organizations so because that's a quite a different kind of message to us as individuals so first of all your overall couple of tips you know that you give to organizations about empowering people and including more people what are your what are your two top tips Oh, that's a tough one. My two top tips, because there's so many tips. I'd like I know, to do I know. Same with me. I've got a thousand. <laughs> I know, I know. I've got a thousand tips and I just have to pick one out of my tips. Um, potpourri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, number one, organisations. I would say, listen to the people that don't always speak the loudest. That's a really good one. Listen. Okay, so listen is your your number one tip. I'm just writing this down. Look at me. I'm, that's when you can hear my paper rustling. I don't mind but if sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just sound effects. It really is me trying to... Okay, listen. Great. Um, and the second tip for organisations... Ooh, it's really hard this, you know, Esther, because I, I only know. get two. I'm like, oh, I know. which I one I do I pick? Oh, on. Just which pick one. one. I'll, I'll let you have a third if you really need it. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. I, I would say make diversity, inclusion, belonging, equity, a strategic business priority. And you know why? Because you can't afford not to listen to the oddities, Esther, to your point, or the, the <laughs> yeah. word that you said, you, Great. Cannot, you cannot afford not to listen to the misfits, um, I love it. the individuals I love it. that are different, those um, that think slightly, slightly differently. Um, it is that that will drive the innovation within your organization. And let's be fair, the future generations of leaders, the millennials, the zillennials, Zillenni future is that names, what they call boy. Now? <laughs> oh, have we got zillennials? Oh my God, goodness. Is that, is that actually a thing now, zillennials? Would that be my son who's um, 11, 11 year old son? Would he be a zillennial? Oh he was born goodness. in 2010. Zillennial. Oh, he's probably, he's probably a new one now. Meaning, I'm starting to panic actually now. No, don't I'm worry, thinking, we'll go oh back. my goodness, <laughs> what's a zillennial? Zillennial. I'm going to write a blog about this. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> zillennials are considered the union of the last few years of millennials and the first few years of Gen Z, such as 1995 to 1998. There you oh, go. Right. Zillennials, oh the generation that nobody talks about. It They're the lost here. generation like the Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> <laughs> <laughs> the Zillennials. Hey, look, I've just found a Zillennial egg. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm going to get people to, to to get in touch with me if they think they might be a zillennial. I they might that, they, they might have found a zillennial. It is. Here we go. Here that. we go. Here we go. We'll call them zillennials for the purpose of this post. And zillennials are neither millennials nor Generation Z. The zillennial is a unique generation, one that grew up in a transition from the non-digital to the digital first. There you oh, go. Oh, interesting. There you go. So write oh. in if you think you're a zillennial. Yes, <laughs> if you think you might be a zillennial. <laughs> um, <laughs> brilliant. Now, okay, so now my next question to you is about tips for us as individuals. Whoever you are, whether you're man, woman, tall, short, you've got all that you can see, you can hear, maybe you can't. Maybe you're half dyslexic, maybe you're fully dyslexic. You know, no, maybe you're from somewhere you know, you could be from anywhere in the world. Maybe you're trilingual or you're, you speak eight languages, right? Um, so you, so one of my tips, and I'd love your, your take on this. One of my tips is that, um, you know, there's this thing called the 60% issue. And, and as somebody that's, that knows a lot about recruitment and getting the best out of people, um, the McKinsey report showed that men are more likely to go for, for a job or take a punt if they're 60% sure, whereas women want to be more like, a hundred percent sure, and I'm saying that with is a huge sweeping statement because when I speak to thousands of people, women and men, all over the world, and I ask the question, "How sure do you have to be before you take a punt, whether it's a job or whether you're in the boardroom making some big decision? How sure do you have to be before you take a punt?" And the average answer that women give me is, "Guess what? Go on, more than a hundred percent." Or it's at least 95. I mean, it's rarely under 95%, right? Whereas men are much more likely to say 50, 50% sure, 40, 30. I'm above zero. I don't care, you know. Whereas women are like, no. So I I, I was thinking about setting up the 80% perfect club, which is basically just a new mantra that I've made this up, okay? Because when I speak to audiences and say, what about if we just all agree now can we just all agree to be 80% perfect before we take the punt, before we jump off the cliff, before we go for the job, before we speak up in the boardroom? Let's just create the, th- the 80% perfect club. And if you wake up in the morning and say to yourself, I'm going to be 80% perfect today, how much more would you do? <laughs> so I've got this 80% theory. That's just my own thing I made up, given the 60% issue. So that's my tip. What do you make of that tip, first of all? Well, first of all, I love it. I like the figure eight. It's very lucky in Chinese, evidently. Oh, I love um, that. So 80 or 88 or, do you know what, whatever it might be, I'd almost be tempted to say the 8% because I know as uh, <laughs> as as women, as men, um, as three-headed monsters, whatever we might be, we are probably always harder on ourselves the most of all. And, you know, I guess being, people say, be nice to yourself, be kind to yourself. And sometimes those words wash over me and I'm sure wash over many of the people who are listening today. But genuinely, everyone gets this imposter syndrome. They do. And so whether it is 80 or whether it is 8%, what's the worst that can happen if you speak up? Yeah, what is the worst? And and you know what? I've got another really good question there. What's the best that could happen? 
Aha, you see? Uh See? What's the best that could happen? (laughs) A light bulb moment, light bulb moment. And that is it. I think we all have this kind of phobia that there's going to be that pin drop moment or the um, or the crickets like <laughs> after you said something or the the dusty hay bale is going to go across in the background of the boardroom where you've just made some comment and no one has said anything. But really, what's the worst that can happen? And to your point, what is the best that can happen? Speaking up and speaking out is the most powerful thing that you can do. It makes a difference. It really, truly does. And it breaks my heart when I hear people say, or, you know, often, you know, speak in in schools in underprivileged areas with a charity called Working Options. And when I hear these youngsters say, I don't see it, therefore I can't be it, or I don't hear people speaking up who look or sound like me it breaks my heart because I think these people probably do want to speak up but they don't have the confidence always to do this and so being nice and kind to yourself and backing yourself you know we all have this little voice inside that tells us you can't do that you can't say that and then someone else will say it and you think well do you know what I thought that So say it then, say it and get it out there because great things can happen if you do that. Okay, let's get some of these tips out. So now we're going to do it in tip form. So one of the tips is only be 80% perfect or in Layla's case, just be above eight. Because it's a good number and it's a good Chinese. I love the way the Chinese just like the figure eight because it's it's like infinity but on its head. It's like put infinity on its head. I love that. I I love the idea of the shape of eight why that's such a brilliant shape. And then you're basically saying, um, say it, say it, say it, say it. Just get your voice heard. Because that's that's one of my big message and the reason I wrote my book, Goodbye Glossophobia, was to say, look, I know it's scary, right? But just go on. Honestly, it changes your life when you get your voice heard. Um, When you start being seen and heard, and it's not selfish, and it's not a show off. You're actually helping people by being seen and heard. You know, you articulated that perfectly. It is about helping and inspiring and educating, motivating others to make the world a business and wider society a better place. If it touches one person that listens, if this podcast, I know this podcast will um, touch many, many people um, because you've got a wonderful, wonderful audience, Esther. But if it makes a difference to one person's life who thinks, right, because I've heard that, I'm going to go off now and I am going to go and say something or do something, the ripple effect and the impact that that can have can be astronomic. And it's worth it. It's worth it to change lives. Speaking out changes lives. I believe it. And also what I find, and, and you you probably find this too, when I'm, when I'm speaking to very senior people, very senior people have imposter syndrome and they don't want to be seen and heard because they think, oh, no, no, I just can I just get on with my job? I'll, I'll empower others. I'll empower the team. Oh, I've got this great team. And particularly, you know, 
women or people with a more diverse background are quite what I find quite often is oh yes I'll get my team to do to do it you know and they don't necessarily want to stand and be the person in the spotlight so what's your tip what is what you can have one or two whatever what are your tips for getting that confidence have you got any practical tips or something that you've done yourself I would say that you must put your hand up and say yes. Say yes more than you say no. It will change your life. But also, be... Put my hand up. (laughs) Me! Yay! Me! Me! Do that again. I'm going to take a screenshot. Go on. Okay, if you can't see this, she's got her hands in the air like she just don't care. (laughs) Yeah, I've got my phone as well with my light on. I'm in a... I love that. Put your hand up and say yes. One of my clients actually said she was a very, she's a partner at a law firm and she's, and I met her before she became partner. And I remember her saying, okay, so I've just got this mantra and it's, if anyone asks you to do anything, the answer is always yes. And then worry about it later. And then she said, help me. I've said yes to this conference. I don't help. You know, but she said, I had to say yes, because that's the rules in my mind. You know, I have to say yes. Cause she said, yes, She's got promoted. She's speaking regularly. She's being. She's seen as a as a thought leader. She's seen as a leader. So um, it really does make a massive difference. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. And don't worry as well if you're usually the quiet one, as you and I used to be, Esther. Um, you know, quite comfortable, quite happy, sitting behind the scenes and supporting others. Well. Let me tell you, or let me tell our listeners, I should say, is speaking up really can be one of the most powerful things that you will ever do because everyone has those little inner monkeys that say you can't do it and you shouldn't be doing it. And by the way, everyone else knows more than you do. Um, Feel the fear and do it anyway, as the famous book says. Um, You don't even need to read the book, just read the title. The title by Susan Jeffers. Thank you very much, Susan. (laughs) Thank you, Susan. (laughs) Thank you. Okay, so this I've got a couple of of very, very practical tips and and we can just think about about these together. So I have got this yo-yo desk and I talk about it quite a lot, but I stand up um, now when I'm working. It's much better for my back because apparently when I've been speaking to physiotherapists, um, sitting is the new smoking. Did you know that? Sitting is the new smoking. (laughs) So standing up is better than sitting. But the reason I'm talking about standing up is because when you stand up, you feel more powerful and you physically can have a much more powerful voice. So my practical tip today and Layla, you can join in on this. How about this? Standing up, smiling, eyes and teeth, remember, and just physically getting a bit more welly, welly, welly <laughs> behind your voice. <laughs> because sometimes it's a physical thing. It's, you know, your voice is physically a bit kind of a bit, a bit a bit high or a bit quiet or you know you want if you have a little bit more power just physically behind your voice you're more likely to get it in there aren't you you're more likely to feel more confident yes I I absolutely agree with that I think what you're saying is speak with conviction speak like you mean it speak like it's the last time you are going to have the opportunity to speak 
and know your subject as well. Because when you know your subject, you forget about the fact that you are speaking, you're thinking about your passion for that subject. Um, I mean, in terms of tips as well, I would say literally nobody is perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. Focus on what you can change and do what it is that makes you happy because that will make the most profound of difference. And before you know it, you gave this great example, Esther, of your friend, partner in a law firm who has been promoted and is being asked to do other great things. I see it myself all the time with these wonderful, eclectic, diverse leaders who never in a million years thought that anyone would be interested in listening to what they have to say. Well, now is the time for people to listen, to listen and to learn from those who wouldn't necessarily always have had the opportunity to be known, to be seen, to have power in that boardroom environment. Thank you. Hallelujah. Give us, let's give, someone, let's give ourselves a round of applause and a clap. I love that. Love it, love it, love it. I think there, what I took out of that, that the great tip there is nobody's perfect. You know, you have to try stuff and it's okay to fail. And we have got a bit of a bad fail issue in this country like in silicon valley they actually say if you're gonna fail fail fast learn and move on right we should have a fail fast more of a fail fast culture because we don't really have that we're kind of like no you must do that that won't do we kind of tell ourselves off for failing anyway oh my goodness oh my we could carry on layla so before we before i let you go how can we find you where can we see you what should we where can we read you where can we hear you First of all, I like totally love your American accent. That is just brilliant. That is brilliant. Um, where can you find me? Well, you can find me, hopefully speaking again with you very soon, Esther, Yay. because I think you're absolutely, utterly fabulous. Um, but you can check me out online on LinkedIn. You can visit dialglobal.org or you can check out the book that I wrote. It's called Diversity, Inclusion and Belonging, a leadership guide about why every voice matters and everyone matters and how to make them feel like they do. But always love it when people reach out to the team or I and get in touch and share your story. We always love to listen and we always love to learn. So that's dial global, dial as in moving the dial. And dial yes. stands for diversity, inclusion, aspirational, aspirational leaders. leaders. So close. So yeah, aspirational leaders. I'm semi dyslexic. I can't even say that. No, 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 no. Don't worry. Don't um, worry. Me too. That, me too. Yeah, but, but you're twister. moving the dial. Your, your mission yep. is to move the dial. But so dial global, if you look that up, you'll find it on, on social media social media outlets so Absolutely. thank you so much Layla we will definitely be meeting again we'll definitely be doing something again thank you for listening please do reach out to me esther at estherstanhope.com or you can google esther stanhope um, thank you so much for listening and if you want to comment on any of these topics about confidence imposter syndrome or being 80% perfect please do get in touch 
Thank you for listening to the Virtually Confident Podcast. This podcast has been produced and recorded by Chatterbox Voices and Alchemy Post. It's also been sponsored by the Speak Like a She-Boss Challenge. Check it out at www.estherstanhope.com.